the UAE is a country of cars and buses. The only way to get from Abu Dhabi to Dubai, the two major cities, is by road. A journey of at least 70 minutes. But soon, that's going to change. Right now, the UAE's railways only transports freight. But Etihad Rail is building a passenger service that will connect all seven emirates. With trains racing at 200 kilometers per hour, traveling from Abu Dhabi to Dubai will then just take 50 minutes. Soon, the country will feel much smaller. The National was given rare access to the new rails, and I traveled on an inspection train along stretches of the line in Dubai to get a glimpse at what passengers can expect once the service is launched. You're listening to Beyond the Headlines. I'm Nilanjana Gupta. And on this week's episode, you'll be joining me on a journey to the future of the UAE's rail service. If you want to get all the latest from Beyond the Headlines, hit subscribe in your podcast app. Train journeys have an unbeatable charm. The rhythmic sound of the train on the track, the gentle rumbling as we wind through beautiful landscapes, the conversations with complete strangers and meeting people from all walks of life. These were my thoughts as we boarded an inspection train of Etihad Rail. Wearing a helmet and a vest as a safety precaution, I climbed the ladder, took a spot next to the driver and looked outside. On a nearby track, there was a line of stationary blue wagons stretched out in the desert. For now, the trains carry only cargo. But on these tracks, soon, there'll be passengers walking up and down the carriage, luggage being moved around, the aroma of food and beverages wafting through the air, and the charming announcements of approaching stations. The driver sounded the horn. We began the trip at the railhead in Abu Dhabi and headed towards Dubai on the main line of the network. On board with us was Ahmed Al-Hashmi, the executive director of the passenger sector at Etihad Rail. The journeys on, on this network will be uh, very beautiful where you pass through deserts, mountains, you get closer to cities, developments, highways. We could see very nice sand dunes on one side and on the other side you would see the highway where you could see all the buildings and the movement of people around you. It's uh, fascinating. Stage 1 of Etihad Rail, a 264-kilometer freight line, has been fully operational since January 2016. Two trains transport up to 22,000 tons of granulated sulphur each day from gas fields in Shah and Hapshan to an export point in Ruiz. The sulphur is then exported around the world for use in fertilizers. The second stage of the network will stretch 605 kilometers from Ghuefat on the border with Saudi Arabia to Fujairah on the east coast. The fleet will transport 60 million tons of cargo a year. Eventually, the network will stretch about 1,200 kilometers across the country and carry both passengers and freight. About 70% of the network was completed as of December when Etihad Rail announced the addition of passenger services. From the train, we could see that engineering teams and workers were all hands on deck, levelling the ground and laying tracks. 
Seeing us, some of them smiled and waved. We crossed several bridges and culverts, sections that pass above water channels or cabling. Ahmed explains the amount of effort that has been put into building the network. As part of the National Railway Development Programme, the work includes uh, massive loads of earthworks where we have to level the grounds that we're building the tracks on. It involves uh, a lot of construction of bridges, utility protection, utility divergence, tunnels, uh, very wide spectrum of civil engineering that's happening from Sela to Al Fujairah. For me, the most fascinating view was the site of Emirates flights parked at Dubai's Al Maktoum International Airport. The A380s appeared like a row of toy planes in the distance. The view of the airport from a train intrigued me. It was as if one mode of transport was giving a nod of approval to the other. The engine began to lose speed as we approached the back of the Expo 2020 site, the World's Fair currently hosted by Dubai. Eventually, the train came to a grinding halt. We had reached our destination, a new railway bridge that allows the train to cross the Expo Road. I climbed down, stood on the bridge and watched the winter sun set on the busy highways. At this point, the train itself seemed like just one small part. I could see the sheer size and ambitions of the project. Laying tracks in both directions, it's just the last step in the development. To get to that point, to be able to lay tracks, a lot of preparation, a lot of work needs to be done first. And that's what thousands of workers across the country are doing. Building bridges and tunnels, relocating pipes and cables, putting rocks on the track bed. In other words, helping to make this dream a reality. And this is a bridge you're standing on today, crossing one of the major highways in Dubai. Uh, has been built and ultimately the tracks were laid uh, and uh, soon you will see trains running on those tracks. A few months ago, I had travelled on another inspection train in Abu Dhabi. It was a scenic ride as we crossed the lush green area of Almaha Forest with trees and shrubs along the way. Special care was being taken to protect wildlife and natural habitat. On the train with us was Omar al Sabai, acting executive director of the commercial sector at Etihad Rail. We have built uh, a series of animal crossing and culverts to ensure uh, the UAE National Railway Network does, in, does, not, uh, does not interrupt any natural uh, animal migration. Uh, we have integrated over 95 animal crossing and culverts into the project itself. We, we remain committed to ensure that the UAE National Railway Network delivers a positive impact to the wildlife and the UAE. Building railway lines in the desert is no easy task. Several sand mitigation systems have been constructed to protect railway tracks from blowing sand. At several places, we saw curved deflectors facing wind-blown sand to prevent its accumulation on railway tracks. Etihad Rail's images of what the passenger trains will look like show streamlined coaches in silver and grey colours with the company's logo embossed in red. The trains will have different seating classes, just like flights, modern and stylish interiors with ample legroom. 
they'll also be equipped with an advanced air conditioning system designed to withstand the country's unique climate throughout the year. There is at the moment no official launch date, but Etihad Rail said that by 2030, more than 36 million passengers will use the service annually. The line will connect 11 cities across the UAE, and there may be future additions to the route. Passengers will be able to commute from Abu Dhabi to Fujairah in one hour and forty minutes, from Dubai to Fujairah in fifty minutes, and from Abu Dhabi to Ruiz in seventy minutes. Ahmed tells us what we can expect. What we believe is very important um, is to make sure that all the planning activities for someone that wants to ride on a train are very seamless. So planning their journeys, booking the service, paying for it will be uh, very seamless and easy and user friendly. It starts from that point and then getting to the stations where we see them as. Uh, urban centers in, in different locations where people can gather and the stations will fit into the environment uh, around them they will become part of the urban development in those uh, areas getting into the station until a passenger will get to the platform where they wait for their train or they come at the time where the train is there will be very uh, smooth getting to the train itself there will be different offerings coming in the form of business class or economy class and uh, the trains will be in line with with the international practices and they will be similar to the very uh, modern trains that you would see uh, today in in many parts of the world they're equipped with the basic amenities charging points wi-fi fmb and and services on board Uh, and this would make the the user experience the passenger experience along the journey a very very nice we believe each train will carry about 400 passengers etihad rail says the service will be used by people from all backgrounds families business people commuters and tourists the uae is known for its love of cars but ahmed believes once passenger services begin people will switch gear it's safer faster and more convenient mode of transport they also get the luxury of using that time doing anything else but driving which means in a train you could read a book you could finish some work you could be with your family and enjoy that time of the journey until you get to your destination without being bothered by traffic on the road or focusing on on driving uh, for uh, long distance It's not just about convenience. The UAE's railway program aims to provide more than 9000 jobs by 2030. Richard Thompson, the editorial director of the Middle East Economic Digest, says linking the country with a railway network will support a number of economic goals. Well, I think in the short term, you know, this country and everywhere else in the world is is in recovery mode from covid and the impact on government finances over the past 2 years has been very severe and this is a way of reinjecting capital into the economy getting construction activity going and sort of boosting business and the economy in the near term 
But in the long term, um, it is indeed part of the diversification of the UAE economy away from energy. It will increase the ability of this country to be a, a regional and global logistics hub for transshipment, for regional shipment, especially if the UAE railway integrates into a wider GCC and regional network. Um, and of course, it will provide the opportunity for a lot of companies, say you are Rack Ceramics up in uh, Ras al Khaimah, if you uh, invest in a spur or a link, a, a railhead link to the, the mainline network, it provides you with a way to become more competitive and more efficient as a business. So I think that will boost local businesses as well. And, and I guess uh, from a real estate point of view, if people themselves can travel more quickly from the urban centers. It means people can move away from the, the more highly priced places, you know, in downtown Dubai or wherever, and get from A to B from slightly further afield uh, where they can buy properties. So it'll sort of spread the wealth across the country. The company has set up two factories to build concrete railway sleepers locally rather than importing them. Sleepers are an important component of the network as they form the base for anchoring railway tracks. They distribute load on the tracks and tie the rails together. The two sleeper factories located in the UAE capital have created hundreds of jobs in the country. The benefits of the railway will be far more than just financial. Richard says it also opens the possibility of a GCC-wide network. We've seen in Saudi Arabia, they've had a passenger rail system. I wouldn't necessarily call it a network for, for many years. Uh, and they're developing that across the entire width of Saudi Arabia. Qatar has invested in its metro and its uh, national rail network. And the UAE has also. So there are little gaps in the jigsaw puzzle to be filled to connect those networks up. And that does require that, you know, the sort of coordination between the different rail authorities. They have to have operate to the same standards and the same gauges, etc. So that, you know, there's, there's a lot of work to be done. But definitely, that is now going to be a, a lot closer. And then in time, hopefully Kuwait will resurrect some of its passenger rail plans and Oman as well. The new mode of transport will reduce the number of cars and trucks on the roads. Not only will that improve road safety, but also help in cutting down the CO2 emissions that we see today. Keeping in mind that the UAE is hosting COP28 next year, energy transition and decarbonisation are very important factors, not just to the UAE, but to the global economy. The railway project will support the country's efforts for becoming carbon neutral by 2050. Richard believes that the rail network will also help cities function better. One of the problems with functionality in a city is congestion, you know, and that slows down services, it slows down your own transport. And so if you get people off the road and onto the rail, then you reduce congestion and it improves the functioning of the transport network. But I think also railway stations do indeed become hubs for communities and people want to live near a railway station. That means shops and uh, other services uh, open up in those areas and you'll see real estate prices going up around the stations so therefore you get more investment into real estate so it very much will shape the location of communities and how those communities work and of course you will then see things like park and ride networks and light rail schemes integrating with the mainline railways and other sort forms of integrated transport so that does change the geography uh, of a city this isn't just about making people's commute easier and faster. It's also about strengthening the bonds of the union. 
Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid, Vice President and Ruler of Dubai, has said that the railway program will be the most important project for consolidating the strength of the country in the next 50 years. Here's a person who tells us how that happened in Europe and what that can mean for the UAE's seven Emirates. Kevin Smith, based in the UK, is the editor-in-chief of International Railway Journal and has been covering the industry for 12 years. In Europe, it's I've considered sort of a backbone of a, a huge network of, that connects all countries. And there, there are certainly issues and political issues with connecting those up, which they're tackling right now. But it's capable of connecting major cities. And it was arguably the development of societies in Europe were based around the railway in the 19th century. And it's similar in the United States and the cities there that spread right across the country are often connected by the railway and that's how the country expands. So it's the, sort of been at the heart of uh, industrial revolutions sorry, for 200 years. Dubai and the UAE are more in the news for transport innovations like flying cars and hyperloops. So are trains a little old-fashioned? Kevin says not. Well, I think the fundamentals are very much the same. You know, a steel wheel on a steel rail, but the technology since the early 19th century to what it is today is, 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 is moved on massively. You're not relying on a steam engine anymore. It's, it's a highly uh, an electrified mode of transport. And people are talking about electrifying other modes of transport as being the future where the railway is already electrified. and It's been electrified for 100 years. And uh, you know, they've got great experience with that, you know, that technology. And arguably, you, know, you look at aviation and uh, the revolutions there, it's arguably gone backwards in that, you know, there's no uh, supersonic passenger jets anymore since the you know, Concorde was taken away, whereas railway has steadily increased its maximum speed from the first steam engines up until you know, the first Shinkansen line in uh, 1964, you know, when the you know, Japanese you know, really pioneered the high speed lines on standard gauge track and things have progressively moved on since then and China now regularly opens its high speed lines and the maximum speed is 350 kilometers an hour which is, is connecting places that were once you know, far apart and would take a lot of effort just in to get to just in a few hours it's it's remarkable really and and and, and it's not an island in that country now there's, there's plans to build you know, similar high speeds in lines in India um, in Egypt even is announced at the end of last year the plans to build a you know, high speed line sort of piercing that you know, country from the Red Sea up to the Mediterranean. There's, there's so much research and investment in this field in terms of alternative energy, where it's not feasible to electrify lines. There's, you know, there's great work going on with hydrogen trains and battery trains now to you know, reduce those emissions even further and automation as well. Currently, you know, mainline networks obviously rely on a driver, but there's work all over the world to automate and you know, make these trains run far closer together to get more capacity out of its existing networks. That's a really exciting development in the field. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a really interesting sector to be in. And um, yeah, where the country's obviously investing a lot of money, there's going to be a lot of expertise coming into your country in this area. Etihad Rail says the stations will offer passengers a memorable experience and reflect the region's traditions and activities. They are intended to remind the passengers of the joy of travelling and make catching a train an exciting experience. But is that just PR talk? Well, Kevin from International Rail Journal says there's no reason the UAE stations couldn't join some of the world's most iconic rail hubs. They are destinations in their own right in that they have restaurants and shops and things. And um, you look at uh, 
Paris, uh, Gare du Nord. Like, I mean, that, that's a railway station, but it's you know, almost a shopping centre in its own right. There, you know, thousands of people use that every day. Similar with stations in New York City, you know, like around that whole area. It's a, in Penn Station, for example, it's been re- recently redeveloped, but there's restaurants and shops and things that people can use like they would every day. And I really foresee what they're planning to do in the UAE is having a similar um, outlook in the future. The UAE's transportation has come a long way from camels of the past to flying cars of the future. What the country still needs is a backbone that links its seven emirates together. And railways, even though a traditional mode of transport has united several countries around the world. While the project gains speed, Ahmed says enthusiasm isn't far behind. Well, along the planning process, we've been to many places where I do remember standing on a sand dune or on a hill or a mountain and after some years seeing tracks laid at the same locations is uh, fascinating. It's like a dream coming through, transforming a vision and engineering drawings that become then actual infrastructure built and uh, seeing trains running on those tracks is uh, a great sense of uh, pride. You have been listening to Beyond the Headlines. I have been your host, Nilanjana Gupta. Thanks to our guests, Ahmed Al-Hashmi, Omar Al-Sebai, Richard Thompson, and Kevin Smith. This week's episode was produced by Aisha Khan and Arthur Edison, with additional reporting by John Dennehy. If you like this episode of Beyond the Headlines, please subscribe and leave us a review.